Psalm chapter 18 and verse 6 is where we'll start tonight. Psalm 18 and 6, and then we're going to read 19 through 24. The psalmist said here, In my distress I called upon the Lord. Man, I tell you, I'm glad I've got somebody to call on. That's, not, that's really not even part of the lesson, but every time I read that, I think if there's a lesson I want to learn is I know who to call to when things are going sideways. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before even into his ears. Now, in verse 19, uh, he says that the Lord, he brought me forth also into a large place, and he delivered me because he delighted in me. And we've got to start remembering how God thinks of us. And he said, the Lord did this because God delights in me. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. And we're going to talk about that a little more here in just a minute. But the Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, hath he recompensed me or rewarded me or given back to me. It mean, that word recompense means to pay or pay back. And he said, For I have kept the ways of the Lord, and I have not wickedly departed from my God. For his judgments were before me, and I did not put away his statutes from me. I was also upright before him, and I kept myself from my iniquity. And therefore hath the Lord recompensed me or paid me back according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his eyesight. And I want to talk about righteous living tonight. Righteous living. There's a, we've been talking about in our Sunday school uh, where Jesus taught in Matthew 6. He said, when you give, when you pray, when you fast, when you do these things in the right spirit, the right mind, that your Father sees these things and he rewards you openly. There, you know, People just don't understand the benefits to living for God. They think that it's, you know, a lot of people in the world today, especially it's rules, it's regulations, it's, you know, you're trying to tell people what they can't do all the time, but they just don't see the benefits that God is ready to distribute. God is ready to bless our yes, lives. Yes, yes, yes. He said, try me and see if I won't pour you out a blessing that you can't contain. The, the psalmist said, man, I've got this shepherd and my cup runs over. And so we, we don't understand sometimes that God is just wanting to lavish us with blessing and with benefits and, uh, you know, just make sure every day he's loading us daily. What do you think that means? He loadeth me daily with benefits. God is ready to give us uh, every day. So we're going to talk about righteous living. Let's, let's pray one more time for the, for the lesson tonight. Lord, we love you and thank you for your word for your mercy, for your grace, all that you give us. And Lord, tonight, let us just hear and understand. And God, make all the adjustments we need to make. So we're following your word, living the way you want us to live, doing the things you want us to do. God, we're going to praise you for all these things in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. And one more time before you're seated, give the Lord a hand clap and a shout of praise. Thank you, Jesus. God, I just love you tonight. I love you and praise you. You know, you can be seated. God bless you. 
I love just, um, you know, sometimes things will, will just kind of jump out uh, to me in topics, especially on Bible study night that, you know, how, how do we live better for God? You know, we, we have evangelistic services where we're, uh, you know, punching the enemy in the face and overcoming things and tearing down walls and, and things like that. But there, there are times where, you know, how do I just live day to day? I'm supposed to be taking up a cross daily and following him. You know, what's that mean? What's that really mean? And, and part of it is living righteous, righteous living. Now, righteousness is a word that we don't like to use uh, when we're describing ourselves because we don't want people to say, oh, you're self-righteous, you know. And so it's like we're afraid of the word righteous because we, we always hear it used in a negative sense. Oh, they're a bunch of self-righteous people, you know. And, and that's, the, that's the righteousness you don't want. You don't want self-righteousness. You don't want unrighteousness. But you do want righteousness, I can promise you. <laughs> you want righteousness... Uh, very much. You you want to have that. And the psalmist said here, uh, he was he he, he first. He said, I love you, Lord. You know, in Psalm eighteen and one, he said, I, "I I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock. He he loves the Lord. He's serving God. He wants to do everything God wants him to do. And and then he begins to just tell what the benefits are for serving God. When I cry to Him, He hears me in my distress. God hears and He. He, uh, he answers and he begins to go through this long discourse of all the things that God did when he cried out to him. But he says he delivers me because he uh, delights in me and then he rewards me according to my righteousness. Now, you can't get away from the scripture. You know, so, so we all must have righteousness in our life, not self-righteous, his righteousness, but but. His righteousness becomes my righteousness through my faith in Him. And there's nothing wrong with righteousness. You know, it's just like a lot of people today, they, they're really big on, uh, they don't want you to ever say, uh, I'm not in a religion. But the scripture says pure religion and undefiled is this. There is religion. And, and uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with being religious if it's in the right spirit and it's done the right way because pure religion and undefiled is this. So we, we want to keep our garments unspotted from the world. We want to you know, take care of those in need. And so there, there is a pure religion. and uh, There's a world's religion, and that's the religion you don't want. So there's nothing wrong with righteousness. As a matter of fact, there is a reward to righteous living. I would uh, just could jump to our lessons from Sunday and tell you that part of righteous living because you have to hear the word, receive it, believe it, obey it, that when you give, when you pray, when you fast, that's part of righteous living. This is the things that he said God saw. He said he, he uh, rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands. He, we're not talking about salvation by works. We're talking about the rewards and benefits of living a life that's pleasing to God. And we need to not be afraid to get back to living righteously. Let's look what, uh, what the scripture says in Titus chapter 2 and verse 11 and 12. We know these scriptures real good. Hey man, where's the scriptures? Oh, there. They still got it. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men. Next verse. 
must be frozen. There it is. All right. Has appeared to all men, teaching us. I guess it's not going to work tonight. Come on. Don't you love technology? Got to love it. Well, that's why I have a Bible. That's why I have a Bible. And so Titus 2 and 11 and 12, he said, So for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. We want to live righteous, not self-righteous, not unrighteous, but righteously. We want to live the way that God wants us to live. We're worried about being called self-righteous or appearing to the world to be so. That's not what we want because that's bad. Whenever we become self-righteous, that's bad for us. It's a bad image. It projects a bad image on our faith, on what we actually believe. We don't want that because we don't want to be a bad witness for God, for the truth of God, and we don't want, to, want it to be bad on us. In Proverbs 12 and 15, it says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. I don't want that kind of uh, uh, testimony for my life. I don't want to be a fool and just think I'm right in my own eyes, have my own righteousness. Proverbs 30 and 12 says, There's a generation, and they are in their own eyes, but yet they're not washed from their filthiness. They think they're all right. They think everything's good, but they're self-righteous. They're pure in their own eyes, and they're not washed from their filthiness. Philippians 3 and 9, Paul told us this, I want to be found in him, in Christ, and not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. So I do want righteous living in my life. And we need to research, man, if, and we'll get into it in a minute, but when you begin to look, that's one of those words that is listed over and over and over and over again in the Scripture. You're going to read about the righteousness of, of different ones and different people and the, and the rewards of being righteous uh, because God sees what you're doing. And so when, when the psalmist said, you know, the Lord rewarded me according to the cleanness of my hands. He said, I've kept the ways of the Lord. I've not departed wickedly from my God. All his judgments were before me. I didn't put away his statutes. I was upright. But he said, the Lord rewarded me and recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. God sees how we live, and he sees whether we're living righteous or unrighteous. I want to live righteous. I want to live the way that God wants me to live. In um, Romans uh, chapter 10, in verses 1, one through 3, uh, Paul wrote, Brethren, my heart's desire in prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but it's not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness, they go about and establish their own righteousness having not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. So it tells me that you can be zealous. It says they have a zeal, but uh, zeal isn't enough if it's not in the right place. If your zeal is misplaced, it doesn't help you out very much. You, you need uh, God's righteousness, not 
Because if you don't listen to God and have his righteousness, you will build your own righteousness. You'll build your own ways. That's why it's very important to, to have a life following God, uh, a life of study, a life of prayer, a life of spiritual living so that you can uh, hear what God is saying to the church so you can actually build yourself up on holy faith and you can actually uh, be uh, knitted uh, together in love and the truth of God's word and, and know what God's saying to his people so that you know how to live. And this was the problem with Israel. Is at that time, even Jesus rebuked the Pharisees over and over, said, you're shutting up the kingdom of heaven against men. You, you teach traditions of men. You, you make clean the outside of the cup and the inside is filthy. He said, you're, you know, you've got your own righteousness here, but inside you're filthy. You're not doing it right. You, you, your zeal, you, know, you honor me with your mouth, but your heart's far from me. Um, the zeal that you say you have, even Paul had a great zeal for God, but it was ignorant of who Christ was, and so it wasn't helping him out very much to do the things that he was doing, persecuting the church. Um, I don't want to establish my own righteousness. I want to seek the kingdom of God, the Bible says, and his righteousness. So uh, righteousness is a way to live, and it's something that we need to seek out. We need to, you know, we can do everything right in our actions and our motives are wrong. That's not righteousness. You can stand up here and preach, but if your motives are not right, you can be reading from the book that's right. But if your motives are not right, it's not righteousness. If, if you don't do it uh, unto him, if we're not doing it for the kingdom, it's not right. And so I don't want to have my own righteousness. I don't want to build a club. I don't want to build a cult. I don't want to build a following. I want to build the kingdom. For righteousness is connected to the kingdom. Romans 14 and 17 uh, lets us know that uh, for the kingdom of God, it's not meat, it's not drink, but it is Righteousness. First thing it says, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, joy, and the Holy Ghost. Uh, righteousness is kingdom stuff. I want, we pray every day, Lord, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So we're, we're kingdom-minded, kingdom-praying people. That means righteousness should be a part of our life. Again, not self-righteousness. I don't want self-righteousness, but I should not be afraid to live a righteous life. And today I think that people are afraid to let people know they live for God because they're afraid that people will mock them, post about them. You know, it's, uh, you know you, of course you have to be careful with anything you put on, on any kind of social media. You're going to be outnumbered. But, you know, sometimes we're even afraid to take a stand on things that are righteous for fear of the retribution that will come our way. But we should not be afraid to live a righteous life and even say, as the psalmist said, God blesses me because of my righteousness. I didn't come up with all those commandments. I didn't come up with this way of living. I didn't save myself. I didn't fill myself with the Holy Ghost. But, but he said, according to the cleanness of my hands, I'm keeping God's word. I'm keeping God's ways. My heart is right after God. Even Guys whose heart was right after God in the Scripture made mistakes. We're going to make mistakes. That doesn't make you unrighteous. That just makes you human. That makes you flesh and blood. But it doesn't make you unrighteous. When we obey the Scripture, we get out of that unrighteous stuff. Uh, we become righteous by our faith in Christ. 
And once we become righteous, we can always come back to him when we make mistakes. If you confess your faults, he's faithful and just to forgive. I write to you that you sin not. But if you do sin, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. See, that righteousness is something that we need. And you are rewarded because of it. God's going to bless you abundantly because of it. In Romans 4 and 3, Abraham is the father of faith. And uh, Paul, I believe it was, wrote that he's the father of us all. So what's the scripture say about Abraham? He believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. That scripture is mentioned, uh, Paul mentions that three or four times in the scripture. Uh, over on the same, Almost word for word, what he said there is in Galatians uh, also. But he said, Abraham believed God. It was counted unto him for righteousness. And in one place he adds the little thing, and he was called the friend of God. Righteous people are God's friend. There's nothing wrong with living righteous. Now, you don't have to go around with a T-shirt that says righteous on it. You know, and he's, some of them surfer dudes, when they see those big waves, they're like, righteous. You know, I, I understand what, you, you know, that's, that's a little different. But, um, but we don't want to walk around, you know, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm just better than everybody else. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm living clean. I'm living good. I, I don't sin. Because we don't want to be like the guy standing in the temple praying, uh, and he was saying, I'm glad I'm not like this guy, but here's all the great things that I do, and I do all these things. That's made me who I am. And he forgets that it's the grace of God that makes you who you are, and, uh, and it's his righteousness that will make you who you are. But this guy, that wouldn't even lift his eyes up to heaven, but he prayed and said, have mercy on me, a sinner. Uh, you know, he was more righteous than this, this guy that had done all these things, but he didn't do it in the right spirit. But there is a reward to righteousness. And so righteousness should not be a throwaway term. It's, it's not outdated. It's in the Bible. If it's in the Bible, if it's in the Word, then it's for us. You know, we used to sing an old choir song, None but the righteous shall see God. That's hard to say. It almost says she shall. Uh, shall see God. Yeah. And so you see why I don't sing in the choir. But, um, but you know, we used to sing that and we believed those things because it's going to take righteousness to see God. Because unrighteousness won't see God. And so don't be afraid to live your life and live the way that God made you. Don't be afraid to live your life clean. Don't be afraid to live your life holy. Holiness is still a biblical term, and it should still be applied to our life. The Bible says without holiness, no man will see the Lord. And that's more than just what you put on. It's more than just what you cover up. It's what's going on inside of here and in what portrays itself on the outside. Uh, we, we believe in inward holiness and outward holiness. We believe in glorifying God in our body and our spirit, which are God's. But there's nothing wrong with holiness. There's nothing wrong with lining up to the scripture. We shouldn't ever drop our head because uh, people think, oh, you want them apostolic holiness or you're one of those Pentecostal holinesses or you, you're one of those people that uh, they, 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 they're concerned about the way they do this or do that. Yeah. Now, don't ever be concerned about those things because if you have that biblical principle, you're doing it uh, to honor God. Hey, what they do, they do it because they say, this is the way I do it and they're proud of it. Then we can be proud in the right way. We can make our boast in the Lord and not be ungodly, not be unrighteous, not be self-righteous, not be high-minded, and still shine a light for God. Not 
not afraid to be a witness. We love the Holy Ghost. My goodness. And you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Oh, power, power. But he said, power for what? And you shall be witnesses unto me. And so we're going to have that power of the Holy Ghost and shine a light in this world. But, uh, man, don't, don't put a filter on your light. You know, don't. Oh, let me, you know, we, on our phone, you can turn that flashlight and you can dim it. It's got a dimmer on it. Don't, well, there's no dimmer switch on this Holy Ghost light that God put in us. It shines. And, and so, you know, the Lord described it as a candle. You, you don't dim candles. <laughs> candles, you, you light them and they burn. And so you, there's no dimmer. He said, you don't put it under a bushel. He said, you're trying to dim your light. You don't put it under a bushel. You just let it shine so it gives light to everybody in the house. And so, um, you know, if you, you start dimming it, it might not be reaching somebody. You, you don't need to dim that light. So don't be afraid to live in a way that proves the change that Jesus made in your life. There's a lot of people talking about how Jesus changed their life, but you can't tell it. Yeah, no amens on that one. Hey, listen, there's a lot of people. Everybody's going to heaven. Oh, yeah, I, you know, they, they, they can tell you, uh, you know, sitting on the bar stool, I'm, I'm saved and sanctified and going to heaven. They can tell you with a joint hanging out of their mouth. They're just as saved as you are. But you got to live righteous. You got to live holy. The grace of God that brings salvation did not just go, whoo, you're all saved. But it teaches us that denying ungodliness, worldly lust, that we should live sober, righteously. There is a way to live this life. And it's not uh, constricting. It's not uh, a burden. It's not unfair. Man, what in the world could ever be unfair about being blood-bought, washed, whiter than snow, and filled with the Holy Ghost? What could ever be unfair about that? Well, it's unfair because they, oh, boy, stop comparing. We, we always talk about don't compare in the church. Quit comparing yourself to the world. We are not of the world. We are in the world, but we're not of the world. And the Bible says don't love the world or don't love the things that are in the world. All that's in the world, it's not of the Father. It don't abide. We, we, we can't be afraid to live in the way that proves the change. And I can talk about that and not be self-righteous because I know how God changed me. I know that he took the taste of alcohol out of my mouth. I know what he did for me. I know that uh, since uh, 1993... There ain't been no smoking. There ain't been no chewing, no dipping, no drinking. None of those things that were these habits that I had that were a daily part of my life. And, you know, how would, how would, it be, how would you feel if I was up here preaching to you and you come up for prayer and you could smell liquor on my breath? Oh, that's all right, Pastor. Everybody needs a drink now and then. Man, you're crazy. That's not how it works. Or, or cussing you out from the pulpit. You know, what if, what if our, our podcast was like, beep, 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 beep. What was that? Pastor was on a roll, you know. And you're like, I don't believe I'm going there. 
you know, but the, oh, now don't get me wrong. There's, there's churches that they all for that stuff today. I mean, there's pastors just cussing over the pulpit and saying all kind of crazy stuff, man. And, but that's the world. But I still believe the book. I still believe we should live by the book. I still believe in uh, a God that speaks. I still believe that the Holy Ghost in us uh, helps us to search the deep things of God and to hear the voice of God. I believe that this, uh, we can have discernment and things in that, in that I am not wandering. Uh, I've said this before. Just because we walk by faith and not by sight, he never said that makes you blind. He said, he, God come to open blinded eyes. So walking by faith and not by sight is not, oh, we're, we're really just blind. No, we're not. We just walk by faith. Not by, I don't go by what I see. The scripture itself tells me that I'm seeing. So, um, you know, I, I can see this world. I can see what's going on in this world, and I can live by faith in God. And, and I know what God did in my life, and I'm not going to act like he didn't do it. You know, oh, I, I don't want to go there because, you know, of course, there's a lot of things you just need to stay away from. But I can promise you this. If one of my best friends from my old life uh, came up to me in a restaurant and said, man, let me buy you a drink, I'd be like, nope. And wouldn't he have to be careful about that? I wouldn't say, well, I'll just let him buy it so I don't hurt his feelings and I'll let it sit here or just one won't. No, because that's not me anymore. God delivered me from that stuff. Or if they called me up and said, hey, come on down here to, uh, and, and go to this, this party with us. And they, no, that's not me. Of course, I'm, you know, I'm 55. You quit partying. <laughs> you know, they don't want partying. So, but, you know, if, if I was a younger man again, you know, but at 54, <laughs> Four, they called me and said, hey, there's a party going on. So I'm in bed at 9 o'clock, so I don't, y'all ain't even getting started yet. So, But, you know, it's just that light. That's not who I am because that's the old man. That's the old things. And they're passed away and they're done away with in Christ. And the righteousness, the righteous living that I enjoy today is not my own. It's by the grace of God that teaches me to live soberly, righteously, in this present world. It, it, it's that grace that has made me. That's why Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. It, it's the grace that taught me how to live this life. And God's grace has taught me how to live this life. And where sin abounds, the grace of God much more abounds. And it keeps me from living that way. doesn't make me better than anybody else. It doesn't mean I've got something. I may have, I'll say it like this. I've said it before. I may have something that someone else does not have. But I do not have anything that they cannot have. But that's a choice. That we make a decision. I, I believe it was Brother Mangan uh, said one time, said, you're as close to God as you want to be. That's it. That's, and that's true for every individual. That's why, now listen, that's, your walk with God really depends on you because he's already invested in it. The, the, the call, follow me, has already been given. It's already in the scripture. It's already there. Whosoever will, let him come. It's already, the invitation is there. We are as close to God as we want to be because the scripture says if we draw close to him, he draws close to us. So we're waiting on him to come. Man, how much closer has he got to get? You know, he's saying when, when you get close to me, when you make the move, here I come. You're going to be closer to me. Every step you take toward me, I'm taking too. Because I'm, I'm, you can't outgive God. I don't believe you can outgive him in, in those steps either. If you draw close to him, he's just going to close that gap real quick uh, because he sees the desires of your heart. So I, 
I want to believe God. I want to have faith in God. And I want it to be counted unto me for righteousness because God rewards the righteous. He always has, always will. That's what he does with his people. Uh, when we live righteous, it's not about being holier than thou. It doesn't mean we're judgmental or self-righteous. It's, it's not wrong to be who God made you. It's not wrong. You know, Paul had a little problem with Peter because Paul had been delivered. He was, man, he was a persecutor. Now he's delivered. He's preaching the righteousness of God. He's preaching the, the, the gospel. And when he gets to a certain place where Peter's at, uh, he sees Peter's hanging out with all these Gentiles. But when these Jews come in, Peter pulls back. And because Peter pulled back, everybody else did. And he said, hmm, I had to go and get right in his face because he wasn't doing right. He wasn't, you know, oh, Peter, God made you different, better than that. He said, it's not right what you're doing. And it was terrible because it was causing other people to draw back also. So these Gentiles that were all of a sudden excited because, man, they're hearing about the Lord. They're getting this new fellowship with the Jewish community. And all of a sudden they say, oh, I can't talk to you right now. How do you think that made them feel? But Paul said, I'm going to be who God made me. And, uh, and he wasn't afraid to fellowship with them. He didn't care who they were. And he wasn't afraid to tell those that were in some kind of leadership. He said, it makes no difference to me who they are. He said, I'll tell them and put them in, in their place, but I'll do it in the right spirit because it's not right what they're doing because God made us all one. It doesn't matter, Jew or Gentile, it doesn't matter anymore. Righteousness puts us all in one loop. We're all together in this thing. So don't be afraid to live righteous. You don't, guess what you don't have to do? You never have to say I'm righteous if you're living it. Because it's for, like the psalmist said, God's eyes see it. Everybody else is going to see it too. But you don't have to go around proclaiming, hey, I'm right. No, no uh, I can't go with you. I'm righteous. That's the wrong answer. Hey, you want to come hang out? No, I don't hang out with y'all. I'm righteous. <laughs> you know, that, well, you, you don't have a lot of friends. You're not going to win nobody. Uh, nobody's going to take you serious for it. So, you, know, you just live your life. And you don't compromise it for people. You don't compromise uh, your convictions for people so because you're afraid of con confrontation. Don't ever compromise your convictions because of confrontation. You don't have to be have confrontation. You don't have to fight and argue about it. You say, this is just the way I choose to live. If that's the way you choose to live, I love you, always will. That's just not what I'm going to do. I mean, it's, it's as simple. Somebody says, hey, Let's go get some sushi. I'm going to be like, no. Because I don't eat sushi. I don't try sushi. I don't want it. I don't care. And if you are my very best friend, wife, I'm going to be like, no. We can go somewhere where they serve something else so I can get me onion rings and a cheeseburger and then you can get sushi. But, and that's fine. I will not shame you for your sushi eating. I just will not go strictly to a sushi place because I'm going to sit there drinking iced tea and hope they have chips or something because I don't know what you, what, you, what you get at a sushi place. So I have no problem, and we have no problem with little things like that. Well, you shouldn't have any problem when somebody does something that's going to, you know, 
pull you away from convictions that God has laid on your heart, the Holy Ghost has put in you and, and spoke to you, and you're like, oh, but I just don't want them to say nothing. You know, we've got to stop bowing down and giving up the ground that God has gave us because we're worried about what a friend or a family or a schoolmate or, or employee or somebody that we work with is going to say about us and say, this is who I am. This is me. I'm a child of God. And again, that's not being judgmental toward them. That's not being holier than thou. That's, it's just, this is who I am now. I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, a mean, drunk, fighting, just horrible person. And that's who I was. I was a terrible, mean, fighting, drunk. That's what I did. But that's not me anymore. And so I don't associate with that anymore. I don't go to those kind of, I don't go in places where it would even, somebody could think that I was back. You hear me? The Bible says to abstain from the appearance of evil. Yeah, we, we need to take little scriptures like that that we used to hear. All them, I know all those old praying grandmamas that have done left this world, uh, but, but them words were in the Bible. It wasn't just their words. That was words in the Bible that they would tell us, abstain from the very appearance of evil. Don't think, do things to let your good be evil spoken of. They were telling you, watch your walk. Live right and don't be afraid to do it. God made us new creatures. We don't have to be afraid of it. Ephesians 4 and 24. He said, put on the new man. Now, while we love the other version of this. Just leave this up here for a minute. But we love the other version of this, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things passed away. All things have become new. Because it's like it really doesn't hold us to anything. But this, you put him on. You put the new man on. Don't put him on the shelf. Put him on. Don't put him in your pocket. Put him on. Don't put him on your profile picture. Put him on. He said because he was created, uh, which after God, he was created in righteousness and true holiness. When God made us a new creature, he said, I, this is what I desire, for you to live righteous and holy. Be ye holy for I am holy. That's scripture. Peter said it. The Lord said for us to be holy because he's holy. And so uh, there is, uh, you know, an expectation that if I died for your sins, if I washed you whiter than snow, I'd like for you to keep your garments unspotted from the world. Do we always do it? No. Just like you buy a kid a new outfit, please don't mess that up. And then when you look around, you can't find them. They're out there on their knees in the grass. Ah, they're carrying a wet cat or something. You know, it's just like, why? Or they're you know eating barbecue or something. You just I want you to, I want you to keep that clean, keep that clean. I'm glad we can go and get washed. We can get you know it's just like our kids. But I said you got mustard on your shirt. You're out of here. God doesn't do that to us. We don't do that to our kids. We get on to them. He gets on to us. But, oh, it's so good that, to be forgiven. It's so good that his mercy is new every morning so when we mess it up, uh, we can get it fixed. So uh, we need to make sure that we put on the new man. Whew. If you put on a coat, everybody can see it. 
He put on a robe of righteousness. The Bible says that we, uh, our righteousness was as filthy rags, but in another place it says he has given us a robe of righteousness. And if you're wearing a robe, everybody can see it. The robe is not an undergarment. It's, it's an outer garment. It's something that everybody can see. When the prodigal son came back, he put a robe on him, and it was a clean robe. He didn't say, "Go, oh, oh no, wait, don't bring that one. Go get one of the, one of the servants' robes that's, that's been you know, keeping cows or something. Bring, bring that dirty robe over here because he's filthy. He said, bring my nice, beautiful, velvet, gold-trimmed, fresh from the cleaner's you know, bring that robe and put it on him and it will cover up all that mud and filth and the things that this life he's been living has done to, to him. It's, we're going to cover that. We're going to hide that. We're going to cover that up. And that's what that robe does. We put on that robe of righteousness. It's, it's not something to be ashamed of. He could walk back into that house. He wanted to be a servant, but he said, I'm going back into the house. He said, this is my son. This is my son. And they're going to know, I don't just put this robe on anybody else. I only put this robe on my son. I only put that ring on my son. I put them shoes on my son's feet. This is my son. And that's what, see, that's what righteousness does. It's a reward, it's a blessing for living righteous unto God because I promise you, you don't want to stay in unrighteousness unless you want to miss heaven. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. Don't you know that unrighteous, the unrighteous, shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Now, the Bible says that the kingdom of God is righteousness. Unrighteous can't inherit the kingdom of God. So don't be deceived. Neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate, abusers of themselves with mankind, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortioners, None of these shall inherit the kingdom of God because they're not righteous. It's unrighteousness. But then he says, and such were some of you. He wasn't talking to unrighteous people. He was talking to righteous people, reminding them, that's what you were, but now you're washed. Now you're sanctified, and now you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. He said, you have embraced righteousness. I made you kingdom ready. You were not kingdom ready but now you are. And that came through the washing uh, uh, that in his name, being baptized in his name, washed in his blood, filled with the Spirit. And so I'm thankful today that uh, if there was ever a reason to, to say, hey, I'm going to live righteous, it's that. I don't want to miss the kingdom of God. I don't want to miss it. And so uh, I, I want righteousness, not self-righteousness, not unrighteousness, but God's righteousness. The righteousness that is of God uh, by faith. And, you know, of course, the scripture says, and faith without works is dead. I want to make sure I am obedient to the word of God. Not just say it, you know, it says Abraham, he, he had faith in God, but he was obedient to God. We find that out through his story, through the rest of the scriptures, that he just, when God said go, he went. When he said take that child and sacrifice him, he did it. He was obedient to God. He lived righteously. In Romans chapter 3, verses 22 through 26, it says, Even the righteousness of God, that's the righteousness we want, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. In other words, no difference in Jew or Greek 
or Jew or Gentile. He said it doesn't matter who they are now. Uh, when they believe in Christ, they can have the righteousness of God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption as in Christ Jesus, says who, who God set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Friend, I'm glad today that there is repentance and remission of sins. I'm glad today. He said to declare, I say at this time, to declare it, declare His righteousness. And I, today, uh, there's nothing that, that we do that's better just to live your life. You, you don't always get to talk to people, but man, people can see the life you live. They can see how you love people, how you treat people. And that's a, a great qualifier. Jesus said they're going to know you, my disciples, by seeing how you love one another. And so that, that's a great qualifier for being righteous. And God will reward us. God will take care of us. He's going to make sure that we, uh, he, he sees all of it. And according to the cleanness of our hands, God will reward us. I don't want to be afraid to live righteously. In Matthew 5 and 20, the Lord said, For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. And the scribes and Pharisees, his own people, his, his chosen people. Of course, he was still talking to his disciples and, and other Jews right then, but the, the, those that were the, uh, the religious hierarchy in that day, they were the top tier and they were the teachers and they were the rabbis and, and they were the ones who were supposed to be teaching people and loving people and showing people the way to God, but they were shutting up the kingdom. And he said, he said so I'm telling you, your righteousness must exceed that righteousness. Because we already read what Paul wrote. He said they had a zeal of God but not according to knowledge. And so they went about to establish their own righteousness. They had their own kind of righteousness going on. Well, things that pertain to righteousness for us are the things that they did not embrace. They did not embrace Christ. We do. They didn't believe in the new, that new birth in his name, things like that. But we do. So we want to make sure that we are doing the things uh, living righteous according to the word of God, doing the things that Jesus said to do. We want our righteousness to exceed. I know that scripture doesn't really hit home. It's hard for us today because we don't live in a time where there are those Pharisees like that. But there are people still today that will shut up the kingdom of heaven against people. And we need to make sure that we're not being like that. We're not saying, oh, I got something you can't have. No, that ain't true or you're not worthy of it, or anything like that, friend, it's for all of us. We are declaring the righteousness of God. In 1 Corinthians 15, 34, he said, Awake to righteousness and sin not. It's time to snap out of it. He said, Awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. And so, I don't want to, and he said, I speak this to your shame. I, I, don't want, I don't want to be ashamed of the way I'm living. I don't want to be asleep at the wheel. I want to awake to righteousness and sin not. Ephesians 6 and 14 tells us, having on the breastplate of righteousness. We're always talking about, put on the whole armor of God. Did you forget about the breastplate of righteousness? You know, it covers your heart, covers these 
or that breastplate covers those, those organs right there. That, that heart, the Bible says, to keep your heart with all diligence. Out of it are the issues of life. So we, we want the breastplate of righteousness covering us there. In 1 Timothy 6 and 11, he said, Hey, man of God, there's some things he had just listed prior in that, to that. He said, These are things you need to run away from. Flee these things. But follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. This is all the, the good stuff. But right there at the beginning, follow after righteousness. Don't be afraid to be righteous. You hear what I'm saying? God's people have got to get back to being God's people. Not just saying they're God's people. They've got to get back to being God's people. No, not just lip service. Pharisees gave him lip service. He said, don't be honoring me with your lips and your heart far from me, but you need to be living righteously. There is a way to live for God in the Scripture. He, we're born again. We believe the gospel. We obey the gospel. But then how do you live? Or do you have to do something else? Well, you've got to live till he gets back. You've got to endure till he gets here. <laughs> you know, so what do we do? We have to live a life. That's why he said, you're going to take up the cross daily and follow me or you won't be my disciple. Because you could get born again and then not be his disciple. There's a lot of people that have obeyed Acts 2.38 that's going to hear him say, depart from me, I never knew you. Because you never did anything that I asked you to do. He said, why do you call me Lord and not do the things that I, I tell you to do or not do the things that I ask you to do? You call me Lord, but then you don't obey, obey me. Everybody wants a Savior. Nobody wants a Lord. They want to rule their own house. But friend, he's the Lord. And he's our Lord. And he's our King. And friend, what a great King and Savior and Lord he is. I'm glad he's my Savior, but I'm also glad he's my Lord. In uh, Philippians 1 and 11, Paul wrote this. He said, we need to be filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ and to the glory and praise of God. We need to be filled with the fruits of righteousness. Anytime he's talking about fruits, he's talking about the works that you do, the things that you do, what people see. The Bible says you'll know a tree by the fruit it bears. The Bible says in Isaiah that we would be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. But how are they going to know that we're that tree if there's no fruit? The fruit We talk about the fruit of the Spirit all the time, but what about the fruits of righteousness? What are the fruits of living righteous? What, and even, you know what, anybody plants a, a, an apple orchard or an orange or whatever, orchard, whatever, and you're growing fruit trees, oh, what a benefit it is when those trees are producing. It provides for you. It may provide just, you know, food for you. It could provide an income for you. It could be a blessing. The fruit of it uh, is, is beneficial to you, and the fruit of righteousness is beneficial to us and the way we live. And uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just read through right here because I know we're, we're, it'll be just about right on time. But if you want to study righteousness, get ready to study for a little while because, it, as I said earlier, it is listed over and over and over uh, throughout the Scripture. Just 
54 times alone in Proverbs, it lists benefits of the righteous. And uh, I didn't give you these, sis. Don't be worrying. I'm fixing to just breeze through about, not 54, though. I'm not reading all 54 scriptures. Don't worry. So everybody's like, oh, my goodness. He ain't going to do that in 10 minutes. I know that. No. Uh, but in uh, Proverbs 10 and 3, it says, He will not suffer the soul of the righteous to famish. God's going to bless us, going to take care of us. Proverbs 10 and 2, righteousness delivers us from death. Proverbs 10 and 11, the mouth of the righteous is a well of life. Proverbs 10 and 16, the labor of the righteous tendeth to life. 10 and 21, the lips of the righteous feed many. 10 and 24, the desires of the righteous are granted. And 10 and 25, the righteous is an everlasting foundation. And 10 and 28, that the, uh, the hope of the righteous is gladness. And 10 and 30, that the righteous shall never be removed. 11 and 8, the righteous are delivered out of trouble. 11 and 21, their seed is delivered. 11, that means their children, their family. 11 and 28, that the righteous flourishes as a branch. In other words, they're bringing forth fruit. 11 and 31, uh, the righteous will be paid back in the earth. It means God's going to, just like David said in that other psalm, or that psalmist said in that other psalm, that God has recompensed me or paid me back. Um, 12 and 3, the righteous shall not be moved. The righteous, 12 and 5, righteous have right thoughts. 12 and 7, the righteous house shall stand. 12 and 10, the righteous are good to animals. The righteous knows how to be good to his beast, to his animals. So, so uh, you see people kicking a dog? God don't like that. Don't be, don't be being mean to animals. If you don't like them, stay away from them. Don't be mean to them. Uh, the righteous in 12 and 12 says they yields fruit. Uh, 12 and 26 says the righteous is more excellent than his neighbor. Now, God is not a respecter of persons because the neighbor could be righteous too if he does what needs to be done. But uh, the righteous is more excellent than his neighbor. And Isaiah, or in Proverbs 13 and 5, it says that the righteous hate lying. And 13 and 25, they are satisfied. Uh, uh, they, they are satisfied with the things that they eat. In 14 and 9, they find favor. 14 and 32, they have hope in death. 15 and 29, the Lord hears the prayers of the righteous. Uh, in 18 and 10, we have strong tower access. The name of the Lord is a strong tower that the righteous run into and they are safe. In 28 and 1, it says that the righteous are as bold as a lion. Well, there's a lot of benefits to maintaining that righteous status. It doesn't mean you're some kind of, you're Joe Super Christian. It just means you're living by faith in God and you love the Lord so you keep his commandments. You, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. That's a righteous man. And his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law does he meditate day and night. These are things that God wants us to do. And so in a world and a culture where uh, you know, if we're not careful, we can get so caught up in trying to put on the show that we just forget we have to live this life after Sunday. We've got to live this life between services. We've got to live this life. What, you know, what if something happens again and then we're shut down again and there are no services? How are we living outside these four walls? 
you know, is there enough going on in your walk with God that you could be all right? What if the government all of a sudden swung in and said, no more Christian meetings, Mm-mm. no more church gatherings. Hey, it could come to that any day. Could you live? Could you know? Could you have confidence that, man, I have lived righteous and God is going to reward me according to the cleanness of my hands. God's going to take care of me. In Revelation 19, 7 and 8, he said, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife or his bride, the church, has made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. Even when we get there, we'll be clothed in righteousness. It's not something that we're going to put on when we get there. You wear it here, you wear it there. And so I'm glad tonight that uh, we can live righteous. There's a reward to living righteous. And again, I'm not saying go out, don't be putting a billboard up in your yard saying righteous people live here. You know, you, somebody will tear that down. Um, and don't be uh, acting all crazy and telling people, invite, yeah, come on, come to church with a bunch of righteous people. Come on. That's, again, you don't have to broadcast it and proclaim it if you live it. And that's the whole thing. We've got to just live a righteous life before God. His righteousness becomes our righteousness when we have faith in Him. And so I'm glad tonight that we can live righteous. I, I, I just want, want to help the church get back to being the church. And I, man, I'm all for the fire. I'm all for the running. I'm all for the shouting. I'm all for, for miracles, signs, and wonders. But I read in the scripture that there's a lot of people that are going to say we had miracles, signs, and wonders in your name. And he will say, I never knew you. But he'll never say that to the righteous because the righteous are going to be robed in heaven. So I want to make sure that uh, I don't get so caught up in, in, in the explosion of things that I forget. I just got to live the life. And let me tell you, as much as God loves performing and doing miracles for us, you know, he would rather see us just live right, do what's right. Because he said, these signs will follow, follow you if you just do what's right. So let's just live right. Let's stand together tonight. And you can come to the music. And I think I got in here right on time. I don't know everybody's testimony. I know a lot of people's. But if you have a testimony, man, don't, don't, don't throw dirt on it by not living the way God called you to live. Don't, you know, if God changed you, live that change. You know, he told one man, people were lame. He would say, take up your bed and walk. You were laying on the bed before I healed you, but now show people what I've done. The man that had the legion of devils, he wanted to get on the boat and go with Jesus, but he said, no, go back home and show everybody what I've done. 
live this change of life now. And no matter what anybody says about it, you, you know what happened. That's why I like the story of that one guy that was blind, that was healed. They kept questioning him and interrogating him and telling him this man must be a sinner. And he, he said, man, I, he said, I, tell you what, I don't know if he's a sinner. I don't know where he's from. I can tell you what I do know. I was blind, but now I see. And it sure is funny that this man can open blinded eyes. You don't know nothing about him. <laughs> you know, he must be from God. And boy, they kicked him out on that note. But when the Lord heard he had been kicked out, he went and found him and said, do you believe? And he said, well, he said, do you, you know, if I know who he is, I'll believe. And he said, well, that's me. And he said, I believe, Lord. You know, So, but he, he said, I'm not going to act like I'm blind just because you don't understand how I got here. I'm not going to stumble and get, well, give me my cane back and I'll go, go back to begging just because you don't accept it. He said, here's what I know. Ain't nobody leading me around no more. I can see. So don't let this world lead you around no more. Don't let people lead you around no more. Live the life that Jesus gave you. Live that change. I can guarantee you, Bartimaeus, as excited as he was, I don't believe he was back the next day sitting by the road saying, begging a little bit. I'm sure he was out seeing the world. I'm, I, I wasted enough time before Jesus. I'm not going to go back to the life I had before Jesus. I'm, I'm going to live the life that he gave me. I'm going to live that righteous life. Let's lift our hands and just pray together tonight and ask God to give us a desire to live after his righteousness to pursue his righteousness. Oh, we just love you, Jesus. We praise you tonight. Thank you, God, for your word that you gave us to live by. Thank you for the blood that washed us. Thank you for the spirit that filled us, that leads us and guides us. Thank you for that wonderful word tonight, God. It's a light to our path, a lamp to our feet. God, let us hide it in our heart. Lord, that we might not sin against you, that we might stay righteous in your sight. God, let us be the church that you called us to be and let our light shine before me. God, we're going to praise you for it. We're going to thank you for it and we love you tonight. Bless this people tonight, God. Let your church be the church of the living God. Oh, we praise you and we bless you tonight in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands and worship him for a moment. Lord, it's my desire tonight. Hallelujah. Be what you want me to be, God. Thank you, Jesus. That's what I'll Hallelujah. 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 I'll say yes. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, oh yes. Lately, the 
way this world's going, it's, it's been just a, a thought on my heart. God, let people see the change you made. I pray that God will just fuel the fire that's in us. You know, sometimes we'll say, man, well, I was so fired up and excited when I first got in church. And that's all right. But you know, if you can't say, I'm still fired up about being in the house of the Lord. I know when we get a little older, we, we kind of settle down a little bit. But it's, and not in a, not in a, I'm going to sleep kind of way. It's, you know, things change. Also, when I was a child, I did the childish things, but then I got older. When you're young, you drink milk. When you're older, you eat meat. You, you, I heard Brother Arnold say, he said, a lot of times, he said, a lot of that jumping and bucking and snorting and kicking, he said, that's lamb stuff. He said, but you're going to grow into a mature sheep. And you, you, you can watch in a pasture, and you'll see them little lambs just jumping around, chasing each other, and the sheep just looking at them like, you'll calm down a little bit, but you're still a sheep. And so I get sometimes that maybe we don't jump as high as we did now that we're a little older but the desire should still be the same inside we should still have that burning inside of us to serve God and a passion to tell other people about the gospel and oh yeah when I was 25 I was well I was on fire well I'm about to be 55 and I'm still on fire still on fire might be a little con more controlled burn now. It was like a wildfire, but, but let's serve the Lord. Really. Let's don't just say, I, I, I go to church. Let, let's serve the Lord. Let's serve the Lord and reach people and help people and bless people. And, and let's see signs and wonders and miracles in his name. Let's have faith in his word and be the church of the living God. Amen. Amen. I appreciate you being in church tonight and listening to the Word of God. And I pray it blessed you and will help you make some decisions. And sometimes we have to change our course a little bit to get back on that straight and narrow. But let's do it. Let's get back on that straight path and let's, let's make it to heaven together. Amen. God bless you tonight. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. What a great God. Thank you, Lord.